for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show. It's been almost 54 hours since the 49ers lost Super Bowl 54 in heartbreaking fashion on Sunday. But as a wise man once said, the only way out is through. So, yep, we're digging into the disappointment again with Niners beat writer Matt Barrows to try and figure out how the Niners complete the quest for six the next time they get the chance. It's Wednesday, February 5th. Well, Matty Barrows had a couple of days. Did they win? Tell me that Sunday's fourth quarter was just a dream, right? I was just, it was a nightmare, and now we can wake up? They won through three and a half quarters of a game. Oh. They're our Super Bowl champions through midway through the fourth quarter. I don't want to oh. say what happens at the end, but <laughs> I would go to bed before the uh, last seven minutes, say, play out. Oh. oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, and now that we've had a few days to uh, to sit with it, now I guess that's where we should start, huh? Let's start with the Niners' defensive performance because, man, were they good through the first three quarters. And then all of a sudden... They weren't. What happened with the Niners' defense? They were the victims of themselves, in a sense, because they were making, they were taking away Patrick Mahomes' deep stuff, and they were making the Chiefs sort of matriculate the ball down the field. So, shorter stuff, but it resulted in long drives. Uh, the Chiefs had three drives, I think, of, of 10 or more plays, including one that was 15 plays, so that by the end of the game, the Chiefs had run 79 plays, uh, and that's a lot for a defense to be on the field for. That, that's, that ties the most that the 49ers played all season. Wow. Uh, so that's, uh, that's a high number. So, I mean, this is the last game of the year. We're, we're, we're into February now. So there's definitely a fatigue factor that sets in. Uh, this is so uninspiring to say, but... Now, Patrick Mahomes turned into Patrick Mahomes at one point in this game, but you're not going to hold him to 10 points at all, ever. That was a pipe dream. But I thought that if they held them to 31 points, which is what they ended up with, mm-hmm. they had a shot at winning. And they did hold them to 31 points, but obviously they only scored 20, and the offense did not keep pace with the defense. 31, I thought, you know, it's not a great number for the defense to give up. I thought that that was what it was going to be. They did exactly what I thought that they needed to do to win, which was hold him up enough of the game for the 49ers to really kind of take advantage of it and uh, stay out ahead, and and obviously that didn't happen. So we talked about defense. Let's talk about the other side of things, the offense, because similar story. Great through the first three quarters. Third quarter was great. Outscore the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes 10-zip, and then – the fourth quarter happened. So on the offensive side of things, from your perspective, what happened there? Yeah, I mean, it was just something where you had this magic that happened to the 49ers throughout the season, you know, against the Rams with all those third longs that they were able to get. So it's third down at 16. Garoppolo in the gun. Mostert to his left. Kittle in to block to his right. Now he'll release. Garoppolo throws over the middle. Caught by Kendrick Bourne! First down! What a shot by Garoppolo there. They pick up a third and 16. What an impact catch from Kendrick Bourne. Third down and long again. Rams have one timeout left, 58 seconds to go. They twist the front. Garoppolo going to throw a deep shot down the field. Emmanuel Sanders has got it. 
They did it against the Cardinals with that great pass play to Jeff Wilson. Garoppolo to throw, and the catch is made, but the clock will run. Jeff Wilson has come in at running back. Garoppolo's throw is caught by Jeff Wilson. He's going to score a touchdown for the 49ers. And that's how it goes. They did it against even the Steelers in a really disjointed game, but they got the big plays when they needed it. A touchdown to Dante Pettis. 49ers look to take the lead now. Five seconds on the play clock. Quick snap. Garoppolo throws end zone. It is caught by Dante Pettis. They had the magic this year. And then, you know, in this game, in the fourth quarter, the, the magic disappeared. And, and everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I mean, Chris Jones, who was the defensive tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, had two passes batted down. And he didn't get a great pass rush on either of those plays. And it wasn't like he was dominating his opponent. The fact that he wasn't dominating meant that he was sort of at the line of scrimmage. Hadn't really gone anywhere, but he was just in the right place at the right time. My point being, never discount the element of luck in these things. And, and the Chiefs had it, uh, and they were good. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but the 49ers got lucky at the right time during the regular season, and they just didn't have that magic in the second half in the fourth quarter of Sunday's game. And, you know, that happens. I mean, <laughs> can't really time these things, and uh, they ran out of it at just the wrong time. Well, we've discussed a few of the, the moments from the game already. You've watched a lot of ball, Matt. What moments from this Super Bowl are going to stick with you? Well, the way that the Hard Rock Stadium press box is configured, all the media were in the end of the end zone that was the Chiefs end zone. All the action happened on the other side. I mean, (laughs) you were really having to look through. Everybody says, oh, you're so lucky to to be there for the Super Bowl. Really, it's terrible because (laughs) if you're in the press box, you're really far away from the action a lot of the time. And in and, and this game particularly, because all the scoring, all the touchdowns occurred on the 49ers end zone, which was the other side of the field, except for this big play that happened at the end. And it was the 49ers' real last legitimate chance to win the game. And uh, the, the Chiefs had taken the lead at that point, 24-20. And it was third and 10, and Jimmy Garoppolo stepped up. He saw something downfield, and he confidently stepped into his throw, and we all looked, and we saw Emmanuel Sanders had gotten a step or two on the Chiefs' safety. And I think everybody, all the 49ers riders, thought the same thing. It was reminiscent of that magic I was talking about that had happened at key points during the season, and it looked like it was going to come through again, and it looked like that ball was going to fall right into Emmanuel Sanders' arms, and he was going to score a touchdown, and it was about to be 27-24. Now, the Chiefs had some time left, but it just didn't happen. Garoppolo airs it out. Sanders downfield is overthrown. And now with a minute 33 left, it's fourth and 10. And that's what I'm talking about with sort of that magic season just ending basically seven minutes short. Like uh, I feel like that would have connected if we had been in New Orleans. Hmm. That would have connected if we had been in Levi's Stadium against the Rams or against the Cardinals, et cetera. But uh, it just didn't it didn't fall this time. And uh, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo or, or Emmanuel Sanders knows how to explain it. But 
It just didn't happen on Sunday. So let's turn the page now, Matt, because it has been a few days. Ronnie Lott tweeted on Monday, next season starts now. It's already underway. And despite the disappointment, there's been a lot of optimism the last few days revolving around the idea that this team is built for the long haul. What do you think they still need to add moving forward in order to finally complete that quest for six to find that magic and have it all the way to the end? I think wide receiver is something. I mean, I think they had three really good ones this year. But Emmanuel Sanders is in his early 30s. He's already said he's not going to play for, but, you know, two or three more years. Or maybe he said one or two. I forget what he said. But it was uh, definitely in the short term. So he could be back for next year, but it's not a long-term solution. And uh, I think Debo Samuel is terrific, and I think he's got more of an upside, and I think Kendrick Bourne is the same way. But you need that third guy who's the number one guy. This is a, a draft that's going to, you know, people are saying that this is the best wide receiver draft in the last quarter century. So it's an opportunity to really sort of fill this position that the 49ers have had trouble doing it in the last, since T.O. was here. Mm. It's been a long time since they've had a dominant wide receiver, and if you can find one this year, that's what you need to do. I always think that they could really use a second tight end, too. You saw what the Ravens did with two really good ones this year. You know, you're not going to find another George Kittle, but if you had somebody um, you know, who's a, a 1B to George Kittle's 1A, that would be very difficult for defenses to handle. So th- those are two areas that I think they need to, to fill. I don't know if Eric Armstead is going to be back. I don't know if Jimmy Ward is going to be back. I don't know if Emmanuel Sanders is going to be back. All three of those guys are uh, unrestricted free agents in, in mid-March. And I don't think all three of them will be back. So that's something to think about because uh, you've got two great, really great foundational pieces on the defensive line and DeForest Buckner and Nick Bosa. But as we saw this year, it's really terrific to have the other sort of strong-arm defensive end on the other side uh, for, for how this team plays its scheme. So if you don't have Armstead, I think that's a, that's a pretty big question mark. You know, when we're speaking about tight ends, Matt, it just makes me think of, of Stanford and the way that they have just continued to churn out tight ends and the way that they've always had a number one, but also a number two and three. So uh, I hope that right. John Lynch is kind of thinking about that with you. Um, before we let you go, two brutal Super Bowl losses now for Kyle Shanahan. One, obviously, is the Falcons offensive coordinator. One is head coach of the Niners. As you and I discussed when you profiled Kyle, though, back in December, he's not just a quick study. He's empathetic. He's reflective, which his counterpart, Andy Reid, proved on Sunday, can be great things and lead to championships. So what do you think Kyle takes away from his second Super Bowl defeat? He's going to know exactly why he lost. There's not any mistake about that. The question to me is, you know, he said this a million times. There are only, at any given moment, there are only a handful of elite quarterbacks in the league. And the question that I, I think he's probably asking himself is, can Jimmy Garoppolo get to the Patrick Mahomes level? Can he become one of those top quarterbacks in the NFL? Because, I mean, that was, that was the difference, uh, I thought, in this game. Jimmy Garoppolo did not have a bad game at all. But Patrick Mahomes was simply better, and he was the difference at the end of this game. I, I don't know if what Shanahan is thinking about as far as can I make this team, can I build this team so that you know it's competitive in the Super Bowl if I don't have that elite quarterback. 
and even if the answer is no, elite quarterbacks are so rare that I, I don't think he has any other option but to do that, to do the best with what he has, hope that Jimmy Garoppolo takes a step or two, and then you know, at the same time, you're sort of building the team around him. You're doing what we just talked about. You're adding a number one receiver or you're adding a 1B tight end, that sort of thing, to get this team over the hump. Matt, as I mentioned, you've seen a lot of ball. You've covered the 49ers for, for years. You think this team gets back there within the next couple of seasons? I do, and it goes back to what you said about sustainability and built for the long haul. The last guy that took the, the team to the Super Bowl, Jim Harbaugh in 2012, I remember the 2011 season that ended in uh, an NFC championship loss to the Giants. That was the fun year. The second year when they went to the Super Bowl, that was the business year. The year after that was sort of the stress year that we have to do this now. It's now or never. And then after that, when they didn't make it that year, everything started to disintegrate. I, I, I don't think that the current 49ers have that looming over them. They don't have that stress. They will. It won't be as fun as it was this year, but I don't think it'll ever get as onerous as it got under Jim Harbaugh, just because Kyle Shanahan does keep it lighter, because that locker room is lighter. It's more fun. It's more endearing. I'm not saying it's better than the other one. It's just a different composition of guys. It's mostly young. I mean, there are some older guys on this team, Joe Staley, Richard Sherman, Emmanuel Sanders, being the, the primary guys in their 30. But otherwise, it's a pretty young core of guys. And Jimmy Garoppolo even made this point, you know, on his post-game podium. It's been wild. You know, first full season as a starter, uh, coming back from the ACL. I mean, it's uh, it's a lot of things wrapped into one. So, you know, there's, there are some positives, but it's just, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's about wins and losses. This was his first year, his first season as a quarterback, really. The first time he'd, he'd started 16 games. So there is an upside there, and there is plenty of room for him to improve. Yeah, I, I do think this team will, will be back. And next year's Super Bowl is in the state of Florida. They could be back in this state, the Sunshine State. <laughs> now. Wouldn't that be something? We look forward to continuing to read you and hear from you until then, Matt, and then hopefully we'll have this conversation, but with a slightly different tone after next year's Super Bowl. Thanks for stopping by. All right, anytime, Kate. So Matt's optimistic. The Niners are optimistic. And shocker, for those of you who know me, I'm optimistic too. Look, I know it's incredibly difficult to get back, but as Matt mentioned, the Niners only have three starters scheduled to hit unrestricted free agency, Emmanuel Sanders, Jimmy Ward, and Eric Armstead. The staff appears to be largely intact after the Browns passed on hiring Robert Sala as their head coach. And flashing back to growing up, my most vivid Niner memories... They're not the wins, but rather how many disappointments it took, courtesy of the Cowboys and Packers, you remember those, right, to finally get the Niners to Lombardi number 5. I remember those heartbreaking playoff losses way more than the Super Bowl wins. So, past couple of days I've been thinking, maybe the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are just the new final challenge. Man, if that means getting to enjoy another awesome Super Bowl like we had on Sunday, obviously with a different result, then this Niners fan... I am all in, like Ronnie Lott tweeted on Monday. Next season starts now. Coming up in the next few weeks here on The Update. 
along with pitchers and catchers reporting before we know it. We're going to shift gears, check in on the Giants and A's, and also dive into Barry Bonds missing out on the hall yet again. The Giants beat writer, Grant Frisbee. They may not be having the seasons they and you the fans wanted, but the Sharks and Warriors are still playing, so we're going to dive back into the storylines worth keeping an eye on in their difficult seasons. And on our next show, our final look back at the Niners' 2019 season with a very special guest. How's that for a tease, huh? All right, that's your update for today. Thanks to KNBR for the sound. If you're enjoying the pod, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. It means a lot. Your support really does matter. For all of us here at The Update, I'm Kate Scott. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again on Friday.